Welcome back to the podcast. This is the Ukulele Video Playlong Podcast. My name is Chris Russell. I am a music educator who has integrated ukulele into instruction in the classroom. And that was my Lanakai LU21B baritone ukulele. And I don't play it very often, but we are doing a version of Coco. Uh, Remember me from Coco with my choirs. And I was going to experiment to see if I liked the baritone song any better, or the baritone sound any better than, uh, for example, playing with a concert or a tenor ukulele. And I'm still not sure. One of the cool things about baritone ukulele is that if you have a guitar chart, you can, for example, if you use PDFs for music like I do, you can just go in and white out the top, or actually you can say the bottom two strings, on your bar- on your guitar chords, and suddenly you have baritone ukulele music, and then you just have to ignore the uh, letters because that will throw you off if you're not used to playing baritone. Now this baritone was a gambler's special on eBay. It was uh, I can't remember which company, it might have been Butler Music or something, had bought a shipment of Lanakai baritones and decided that they wanted to sell it, uh, sell them very cheaply. And it was kind of buyer beware. Well, it turns out that the biggest two issues were it had a rusty low D string, and that's pretty common. Even on the guitars that I have, eventually those wound strings kind of oxidize. And uh, then the other problem is it had a buzz. And I did a couple things to it. Uh, first of all, I replaced the saddle and found out that there was a shim under the saddle. So when it went through the factory, somebody tried to adjust the buzz but couldn't get rid of it. And then I went through with some sanding paper and I really sanded down the frets on the string that was buzzing, particularly where I found that was buzzing and kind of did that. And then also I adjusted the nut height. Now the saddle on this one is probably a little higher than it should be, but it's okay. It's it's a baritone. It's my only baritone and I only play it on occasion. So that's my, my Lenakai LU21B and it doesn't have a bad sound, you know, if I... And on my um, playing of Puff the Magic Dragon, I messed up. And part of that is I'm just not used to that reach on the baritone ukulele as much as I, you know, play concert most of the time. And then tenor the rest of the time and soprano a little bit of the time, you know, too, but generally it's it's concert, so that baritone is a little bit of a stretch. And I was going on the last measure of this thing. 
didn't reach up to the fifth fret um, as it's written very easily or very well. But I thought, you know what? It's okay on a podcast about education to play, make some mistakes on a plan because I'm certainly not a perfect player. I'm just having fun with it, and hopefully you are too. Now, in the realm of video playlongs, let's talk about a couple of the things that have happened lately. First of all, I was on spring break, so I took a week and had a goal to make a playlong for every day of the week, and I did that. In fact, I might have even exceeded it by one video, and you can check out those videos at my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash ukulele tenor. And a couple of them that uh, I've recently put out are a couple songs from Sound of Music, and uh, I have an Easter song in there that I actually didn't publish to the main page. Um, you know, you can uh, notify subscribers. Well, on the things that may not appeal to everybody, I don't send out those notifications. So I only put out or only push out the videos that I think will be most useful to the people that subscribe. And I think that we're about 4,700 subscribers now on my channel. And that's really nice to see. The channel still does not generate any income whatsoever. It's still not approved for, for revenue. And again, all the songs that are copyrighted, you don't have revenue sharing. Andy Ramos has been making more videos, a couple of real uh, good videos lately that you might want to check out, particularly with young players um, in Easy Keys. And he's also thrown in some other ones that are more challenging and some worship tunes as well. So if you haven't subscribed to Andy Ramos's um, YouTube page, please do so quickly because, again, he really deserves some more followers. He's been doing some nice work. The other thing that I just did, and again, I don't know if you can hear it, but my voice still isn't healthy, and I don't think it's going to get healthy this school year while the school year is going on. I just I just don't know how it's going to happen. And I am teaching with a microphone now, but that change didn't happen until, I think, December. So in the future, I'll definitely be teaching with a microphone all the time. It, it really does save my voice, and believe it or not, my voice is being saved by it, although it's, it's worn out still by the end of the day. I've been waiting to record a version of Lava in a different key. The original is so high for tenor, and it's too low for tenor. So I shifted it down to the key of A, and that's what I have my students sing, is Lava in the key of A, and I've also modified it so the song's a little bit shorter because the original's really long. Also on a play-long video, it speeds up and slows down and speeds up and slows down, and I didn't really want that featured in a play-long. What I did is I shortened that song a little bit, changed it to the key of A, and I just recorded it the other night. And it's not a perfect recording. And in fact, it's my probably my last recording on my Blue Snowball microphone. What I'm recording on right now is a Shure MV88 microphone that plugs right into my iPhone. Sadly, it doesn't plug into my iPad. It could, but my iPad case won't fit the Shure MV88 adapter. So unless I can find some kind of lightning extender, but then I have to figure out how to mount this little microphone. But in the past, when I've wanted to record anything, I have had to pull out a USB to lightning cable, then a USB cord, and then the Mikey Snowball, and then a, a, a mount, uh, typically a microphone mount for the, the Shure Snowball, and it's just been a little bit complicated to record something. So what this Shure MV88 allows me to do is just plug it right into my iPhone and get really good quality recording, maybe even better than the blue snowball. So we'll see 
how you like it. I don't know how many people are even listening to this podcast, not even uh, looking at the stats. This, again, is just a service and a way to talk about some of the videos uh, without necessarily having to write about all of them. So yeah, so um, on my shore, or sorry, on my snowball microphone, I recorded, went down to my basement after my uh, sons went to bed and my wife was in bed because she works early in the morning. Um, went downstairs in the basement and just the other day, just the other night, recorded lava, even with my not so healthy voice, and created a play along of that. So if you want to hear me singing, there's obviously on my YouTube channel, there are some videos of me outright singing and playing, such as my daily 365 project, which I've put on the side while I've been doing these videos, um, because again, my voice has not been healthy, but I, I play and sing on those with chords you can follow out of the daily 365 by Jim Beloff, um, which is also uh, called the Yellow Book in Ukulele Jams. So I have that. So if you want to hear my latest rendition of Lava, which is a little different than the Lava you'd hear elsewhere, uh, go check out my YouTube channel and you should be able to find it. I'm considering recording it in G. I'm not so happy with the sound of either the Hawaiian D7 that you typically use in most of our playalongs for ease of playing, or even the full bar D7. So I'm not sure how much I like that, but maybe I just get over it after I hear it for a while. I'm also planning on recording I Can't Help Falling in Love with You, which is also just at a terrible key. It's so high for a tenor, and yet so low if you sing it down the octave. Um, I'm thinking about recording that in another key, probably the key of F, and putting that in as a ukulele play-along video as well. Because again, some of these, I mean, no, no offense, but some of these pop tenors right now sing so high. So it's no wonder that, you know, as a choir director, I have so many female students that try singing in the male register because most of the time they're busy singing along with uh, guys that are singing almost exactly in their octave. Maybe occasionally they get too low for them, but they just pound through it. And it's not really a surprise that a lot of my female students are resistant to sing in their normal voice. And we're not even talking their high register because they're used to singing at the very, very bottom of their register. So that's an interesting twist on uh, tenors today. And it's even true in church. I mean, uh, my my particular church where I go to uses a lot of pop music, the, the pop worship songs. And... All the pop worship singers are super high, what I kind of almost call screech tenors, tenor ones, or almost even counter tenors singing up there. And the end result is you get a congregation that's split. You get women that are singing lower than they should, and men that either have to sing way at the bottom of the register, or they can't sing at the top of the register because it's too high or you have to go into your falsetto. And if you're unhealthy, like I am right now, um, you can't use your falsetto. I can't use my falsetto for anything right now. So again, with some vocal rest in the summer, and getting away from daily teaching and so forth, that will recuperate. But it just, after I got sick in November, it just did not shake. And um, even though the cold is gone, or the whatever I had, that's the one remaining thing that there's still some inflammation of the vocal folds that just will not go away. But I know it will. And it's not vocal damage or anything. It's not that. Um, I would feel that. It's just, they're still just swollen and inflamed. And again, when you teach seven hours a day, and you've got 340 plus students, and you're speaking over them a lot, it's it's a challenge. So keep your eye out for future 
play along videos. Oh, the other thing that I put out recently are a number of how to play videos. Again, they're going to be included in my uh, Patreon in a video collection of Google Slides that link right to YouTube files so everybody gets the revenue that they deserve. But I'm working on a collection of videos that can be used in a classroom. It's a whole curriculum of how to teach the C chord, and then how to teach the F chord, and then how to teach the G chord and the G7 with introductory videos for each chord, as well as songs that allow you to practice that in a sequential order. So, for example, you have three chords that you know, C, F, and G, for example. It uses just one or two of those chords at first, and then it adds additional chords. So by the time that you add your 12th or 13th chord, the first couple play-alongs are only three or four chord songs. And by the time that you get to the end of the collection, there are songs with 13 or 14 different um, chords in them. So that's kind of how that's going. So I've been making, again, I'm, I'm through A minor in the How to Play Chords video series. And then I've also just started a new series that looks at thinking about the different chord shapes for individual chords as you go, almost in the same way that we teach, for example, uh, chords now. So we go, oh, here's a C chord, and you teach that, then you move to the F chord. But once you have most of those chords, and I'm not saying you need to know your E flat, flat 5, sharp 7, you know, diminished 18 chord. I'm not saying that. But if you know all of your basic shapes, maybe you struggle with E or whatever, okay, fine, whatever. But then you're ready to maybe move up the fretboard a little bit. So the next series of videos that I'm working on at the same time is, and I put out the first one of these, is the C chord, where you play the root position chord, and it actually is a root position, but I'd call it first position chord. Then you move up the fretboard to where really the next time you move your entire hand and reset it to play, which I call uh, second position, but is actually a first inversion chord. It puts the, the uh, middle note of the chord, the E, at the bottom on a re-entrant tuned GCA, GCEA ukulele. And then... I show how to shift at the 7th fret and to play the C chord there. And the idea is to introduce those different positions for every chord and give you a chance to practice those chords. Now, this is not really meant for school, though it could be used for school, but a, a series that's meant for players like myself that just need to start using the rest of the fretboard and to learn where those chords are. I do not think that the average person wants to simply sit down and memorize the fretboard and then start building chords. I think that's a future thing. I think that's a good thing to aspire to, but I don't think it's realistic. And in fact, I just saw a tweet um, from our Canadian friends who use the Doan method. And the Doan method doesn't start with chords first. In, my, in fact, my friend Paul Marchese doesn't start with chords first. But I think there's strength in that, particularly the way that I do things where I'm using ukulele in choir. And by the way, in the latest Choir Director magazine, there was an article about choir students should learn how to play an instrument like guitar or piano so that they can accompany themselves. And it has like three main points of why they should learn an instrument. And I'm thinking, that's exactly what I'm doing. That's exactly why I'm doing what I'm doing with integrating ukulele into choir. Um, so it's a great article. If you go out online and look up the Choral Director magazine, look for the uh, most recent version uh, be probably April 2018 or May 2018 or June 2018. Not sure when it's going to actually be dated for, 
and see if you can find that article. I don't have it on hand, and I can always uh, talk about it later, but I was really, really impressed with that. So anyway, um, the there was a, a quote from one of the, the school of thought from the Doan School about how you should teach by note first, you know, working individual notes. And again, that's not in the key of C anymore. Just this, I know that should be in the key of G. But um, anyway, I... I don't know if that's the best way to do it. I I really think that the ukulele, in its purest form, still was meant as an, an instrument to accompany singing, and then later became a solo instrument. And I have no problem with people that play it solo. But how about getting kids playing first? And I think that's what I keep hearing. In fact, I was just listening to the Ooktown podcast, highly recommended, and they had some panelists on there that were talking about teaching beginning ukulele, and in their basic mind of thought for all the people that were talking, including Aaron Keim, and, um, who's a luthier and, and uh, folk musician and wonderful teacher. Can't, I'm looking forward to meeting him someday. But uh, the, all their comments were, let's spend as much time as we can playing versus talking through things. And I, I love that idea. Well, when you have kids learning ukulele, don't you want them playing right away? Instead of, okay, here's a C chord, or here's a C note, or a G. Okay, follow it on the board. That's, you know, you can move to that. And I did a little bit of that this year with my students. But I think it's a little bit crazy to start there and keep them there for a while. I strongly, strongly suggest starting to play with chords and I love the idea of what we're doing, and a number of us are doing with these play-alongs. Now, I am not going to fight with you if you are a person that wants to teach notes first. Um, but I think you can move to that. But, man, I just, I, I'm seeing success. And just, I don't know if I shared this the other day, but I'll just, I think I did. So I'll, I won't want to go too much. But finding feedback from students that maybe don't even show that they're interested, which is very common, People just aren't that expressive, and they don't really want to show you how they feel. But I keep hearing from other teachers and parents of students that how much they're actually enjoying the units, even though they don't always act like they're enjoying it when they're in the spot. And the cool part is we're now back to singing for about three weeks in my classes as we prepare for our last concert. We'll be adding ukulele to our songs the next couple weeks. The number of students that are suddenly asking to do ukulele again, where, you know, at the end of our half or third of a year ukulele unit, they, a lot of them were like, can we, do we, can we just go back to singing? And now we've got students saying, can we, can we pull out the ukuleles today? So that's kind of encouraging too. So yeah, I, I hope you're having fun with the playlongs. If you find suggestions or things that you want to, uh, us to work on, please let us know. You can find us in a number of places. I'll just send you to my webpage. If you look at ukestuff.info, U-K-E-S-T-U-F-F dot info. That's my blog for my ukulele stuff. If you want to find my YouTube channel, it's youtube.com slash ukulele tenor, T-E-N-O-R. And if you are interested in sponsoring me and the work that I'm doing, it'd be greatly appreciated. There's going to be some rewards soon, but you can do that at patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com slash C-J-R-P-H-D, and that's where you can sponsor my work. 
So I'm just wanted to give this microphone a new test. Want to talk a little bit about a couple of the videos that I saw lately, and also just had some other thoughts come across my head, such as that article about including having choir students learn an instrument, the tweet that I saw from our Canadian friends about teaching notes first, and I come from a different perspective with that. But again, I'm teaching sight reading as a singer uh, first before they even pick up a ukulele in my class. So maybe that does make a difference, but I still love the idea. When I go to see jams, I don't see people arguing about playing the melody or, or plucking the melody. I just see people wanting to play songs out of the yellow book or other sheets that they bring along, which are all chord-based. Now, again, there are a lot of people out there that play more than chords. Jake Shimabakuru, Brittany Paiva, um, you name it, Taimani. Uh, the, the, the list is endless of musicians that aren't really singers. Although, Taimani did a song where she sang Jolene. She's got a really nice voice. I wish she would actually sing some more. There are still also a ton of people that play and sing. So, you know, the, the world is endless in terms of what you can do with this instrument. I just encourage you to have fun with it. Keep enjoying the teaching. And again, feel free to reach out. Send me an email at the, the web address that's at ukestuff.info. And again, if you're willing to support what I'm doing, please feel free to visit my Patreon page. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next time.